What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you are watching or listening to this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make things with their own two hands. I'm your host, Bogie. I am an auto mechanic by trade, but this series is all about celebrating women in all sorts of trades. Those of you who have been here and been coming around for these last... Um, oh, three years that we've been doing this series. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. And those of you who are new here, welcome. This series is really all about shining a light on and celebrating the small percentage, but growing percentage of women who work in the trades. These are traditionally heavily male-dominated fields. Across the trades and across the world, women make up less than 10%. And most of the time, if we're talking hands-on tools kinds of positions. They are less than 2% uh, as far as representation goes. And we also know that the trades are in desperate need for more people. Uh, the trades are the folks that make the world go round. Society as we know it comes to a screeching halt without people to fix, build, and make the things that we rely on every day. And we need more people. And that includes women. So we really believe here at with her two hands that if she can see it, she can be it. And this series is about exactly that, highlighting the incredible women who often don't get their stories shared or recognized or a light shown on them at all um, in hopes that we can make some change for the future, that we can inspire and encourage more women to enter the trades, uh, for the women who are in the trades to stay there and keep fighting the good fight, and for all of the wonderful men out there working in the trades so that they can see women doing this work and hopefully maybe have a different perspective when a woman walks onto their job site. So with that, I want to get into today's episode. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. We have an incredible guest from the UK. She is an auto mechanic as well, and like me, started about 20 plus years ago in the trades when things looked quite a bit different for women coming in. Things have been changing, although we have not changed. Uh, we are making progress. So she's been there for a long time, and I'm really excited to to hear her perspective from across the pond. Uh, we've also got two really exciting new sponsors for our podcast. First, I would like to thank them and take a few moments. So our first new sponsor is CRC. In addition to being the name behind the products that both professionals and hobbyists depend on every day, like brake clean, stay lube, smart washer, evapo rust, and so many others, CRC actively gives back to the industry and invests in its future through initiatives like the Build for the Future Scholarship. And if you've been following me on social media, you may have seen the 2006 GTO that I've been helping out with, along with NHRA world champion drag racer Clay Milliken and Jeff Lutz of the popular TV show Street Outlaws. But this is not just any GTO. CRC partnered with one of my favorite nonprofits, the Tech Force Foundation. And this incredible build will be auctioned off to provide scholarships that will financially assist 10 students pursuing an education in technical school. And because CRC is a huge supporter of women in the trades, uh, they have set aside three of those scholarships specifically to support female students. So I'm going to have a link in my bio and in the description so that you can learn all about the project and maybe apply for the scholarship yourself or pass it along to someone who could use CRC's help as a jump start for their career in the trades. So big thank you to them for supporting the trades in general and for supporting women in the trades. And and then, of course, our second lovely sponsor that I'm very proud to have on board is ASE. You've probably heard me say it before, but I'm a huge proponent of getting all of the training and certifications that you can, especially as a woman. But for both male and female industry professionals, certifications bring a much needed element of professionalism and trust to the industry. And it shows your commitment to your trade and to your professional development. I've been a proud ASE Master Certified Technician for over 15 years, and having that certification was so very helpful in getting my foot in the door in the industry. I'm thrilled that this episode is brought to you in part by the National Institute for Automotive Service. Excellent. They were established in 1972 as a nonprofit organization and is a driving force in the industry. 
upholding and promoting high standards of service and repair through the assessment, certification, and credentialing of current and future industry professionals and the prestigious ASE Blue Seal logo identifying professionals who possess the essential knowledge and skills to perform with excellence. Today, there are approximately 220,000 ASE certified professionals at work in dealerships, independent shops, collision shops, auto parts stores, fleets, schools, and colleges throughout the United States. For more information about ASE, visit ASE.com, and I will also have the link to that in the description down below. So big thank you to both CRC and ASE for everything that they are doing to support the industry and support women in the, in the industry, and of course, for supporting the With Her Two Hands podcast. It's great to have them here. Make sure you guys give them some love and thank them for supporting this series and for initiatives like these. Now, without further ado, it is time that we bring on tonight's guest, Miss Louise Baker from the UK. I'm going to bring her on right now and say hello. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for agreeing to um, wake up so early to do this. <laughs> I have literally just rolled out of bed to do this, so excuse the way that I look. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So full disclosure to everybody who's watching, this is pre-recorded. Once again, we are chatting with someone from the UK, which means that um, the time that we normally do live does not line up with any sort of sane hour uh, for folks in the UK. So uh, we need to do things a little differently. So it is um, Tuesday night for me, Wednesday morning for Louise, and you guys are going to be watching this Wednesday evening uh, or whenever you watch or listen to these things. But anyway, enough of me blabbing. Let's dive into things. Louise, my dear, tell me, tell the fine folks at home who you are, what you do, where you're from. Okay, so my name is Louise Baker. I am the founder of War Manic Limited here in Birmingham in the UK. So I do basically car mechanics. Uh, I do general repairs, MOT, servicing and diagnostics. Um, and I do everything from collection to the repairing and maintenance of your car to taking it back to my customer. So I'm an all-rounder. Are you a solopreneur? Do you have employees as well? No, I'm solo. Um, oh I did have, well, I have had uh, three um, apprentices. Okay. Um, but they've all gone off and spread their wings now and they run to bigger and better things. So it's just me now. But to be fair, I think it's a little bit better because it doesn't completely tie me to get to the garage because I have different projects that I do. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. And how long have you been in business for? Um, so I've been trading for eight years um but i've been in the trade for over 20. oh wow okay yeah. so you came up in the industry kind of around the same time i came up in the industry it was a different world back then wasn't it yeah totally a massive different world <laughs> I mean, that, that's like, we're both ogs <laughs> yep <laughs> we've we've seen some we've seen some shit haven't we <laughs> yeah. we've we, we, we like phoenixes we've rose up from the yeah, all crap. <laughs> we're uh, embellishing and relishing the good stuff. <laughs> Gotta love it. So I wanna. I'm curious about some of the differences that you've seen and and what your take is on stuff. But I, I want to go back in history with your story first before we dig into that. And just how did you come to the trades? What brought you down this path uh, of becoming a an automotive technician? Uh, so mostly my dad, really. Um, okay. So, but my dad's a plumber by trade. He's not he's not a mechanic, but he used to love motorbikes and cars and stuff and he used to tinker a little bit. And then when I was 16, I bought my first car, which was an absolute shit box. I bought it from um What was it? It's a mini, an old, an old Mayfair mini. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, but you know what's really funny? If I had it now, I'd be like a billionaire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I bought it from the garage with, I had a post office savings account that my granddad had opened for me. And wow. I'd, I had £250 in there and I went out and I, I paid for this mini, I think it was about 100 quid. And then, um, so I got it from the scrapyard, had it, repaired it, did it up while I was learning to drive. And then when I passed my test, that was my first car. And then I crashed it, and then I crashed it again, and I crashed it again, then I crashed it again. Um, my dad helped me build it every single time. Um, <laughs> and then, but he's got osteoporosis. Okay. Uh, so he can't like bend that well. 
so what you used to have to say to me to do was, I'll tell you what to do, um, and I'll just, I can't get down and do it. And it went from there, really. And then I just got in massive into um, illegal street racing, um, which obviously <laughs> is not right. <laughs> um, and then I just built a name up for myself, you know, being on the scene. Um, and then I worked at a massive car place, um, which is local to me in Aston, which is closed down now, which is really uh, unfortunate. Um and then I just, yeah, I just went from there, really. I did all different stuff. I sold, like, normal car parts, alloy wheels, and then I used to modify people's cars as well. So, you know, I was kind of like the person that people came to to put the big wheels on the cars and lower it and stuff. And so on a Saturday night, you'd see me at the races, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I bought some, I bought some wheels off Lewis. <laughs> and it's just gone from that. And then I completely came out of the car scene. I, I ran a garage for a few years, um, which I really enjoyed. But then... We went through a little bit of a, a bit of a hiccup, uh, so I left cars completely, and I went to work for a, a massive supermarket as a manager. Oh my gosh, that's a totally um, different, yeah, completely <laughs> opposite. I was driving a boring everyday car. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had my daughter, and then everything changed. Uh, so I didn't want the stress of being a manager anymore. But then at the same time, I didn't just want to be stacking shelves uh, in a supermarket. It's just it's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, so then I dreamt, I went to sleep because I went nights. I went to sleep that day and I dreamt the name Womanic. And then mm. it went from there, really. Um, I had £500 savings. I bought myself a toolkit, a T-shirt, some business cards. And then I, that's it. Fucked off and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> amazing how how long were you out of automotive just a couple of years or oh my goodness about eight or nine years you were out of it for eight or nine years oh my goodness and did you miss it horribly while you were out of it or uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I had a, um I had a project car um that I was doing a little bit on the side but I was trying to buy um a house mm. So, you know, you can't do everything <laughs> at the same time, can you? Um, I mean, I just Unfortunately. And and have a child. I was like, for right? goodness sake, why is it all coming at once? Um, but then now, like, I know I've got my own business. I bought my, my own house and I've got the same, well, not the same car, but the same car that I had in a different colour back. <laughs> So I've still got my project car. So, you know, okay. it just goes to show that have a bit of patience and just wait a little bit and know what you want. And then just boop, it falls into place. Yeah. Interesting. And it's it's interesting, too, because I feel like I, I know a lot of folks in the trades who, especially women mechanics that I've spoken to who've kind of had that, like, falling out of love of the industry and think about leaving it. Some of us do, some of us don't. Um, I know I've thought about it many a time, like just being done with automotive. And so it's interesting to to hear from someone like who who has left it and then came back. I mean, I even have a I have a tattoo. Uh, as soon as I left, um, I had a tattoo put on my arm, and it's basically a piston uh, with a comrade, and then it's got angel wings on it and a halo. And that's that's the year that I left. I was like, mm -mm, no more. Interesting. You were like, I'm done. This is it. And that's then, it. and then now I've got back into it. Called you. <laughs> it, it just keeps calling us back. <laughs> it's just when it's in, it's in your blood. It's in your blood, and I suppose you have to yeah. find a new love for it and just a new take on it. I guess you know, being a it, it started out as a hobby for me, and I mm -hmm. suppose. When the when you run out of money, it doesn't turn into a hobby anymore. It turns into a bit of a chore. So then I right. flipped it and turned it into a business instead. And now I can have both. Nice, nice. So, so you started out with this Mini Cooper way back in the day, and similar to my story coming up, I started with a Volkswagen Bug, and it was a POS like just hunk of junk. I didn't wreck it as many times as you did, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> And I didn't have a dad to teach me uh, how to do it. But was there like a point in this process where you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do? Or did it just kind of evolve from the doing out of necessity and out of like, I, I need to get this car running and then I need to get it fixed and then getting into the like the performance thing? Like, was there a point at which you were like, yes, this is what I want to do? Oh God! So, well, I'm 42 now. So I was 16 when I was doing that mini. Oh, wow. um, 
Yeah. It was a, it was a chore for me. I've got to be honest, because all I wanted yeah. to do is go out and drive. I knew when I was as soon as I, I passed, I passed, passed my test pretty quick. At, like so, I learned and I passed first time. And all I could think about was doing was driving. I remember my mum and dad um, for our, when I was seventeen that year. They said, "Oh, we're going to get to Florida. We're going to go and do Universal Studios." And um, you know, we get we've, we've booked all the stuff. We booked all the fly. We're going as a family. It's going to be great. And I was like. Oh, Aww. I want to do my driving. What am I going to Florida for? Wow, goodness, what an ungrateful little cow. <laughs> <laughs> but also kind of typical, I think, at that age. It's like, I just want the freedom. I want to drive. And like, that's what it was about for you. It was just driving. I, just, I love driving. Driving is just, I, I love it. I love it. It's just, I do it every day, you know. I, I I moan about other people's driving, <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> um, but I love to drive. Like every opportunity I get, I, if I if I can drive, I'll be I'll be the driver. That's um, awesome. But yeah, no no more illegal street racing for you though. Absolutely not. It's <laughs> what to be fair. I mean, you make such bad decisions when you're younger. I think it's not until I've become a mum that I realised how irresponsible that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've seen uh, people around me have died from it as well. It's mm. just I don't know. It's a massive wake up call when you, when you get older. You just you appreciate stuff so much more, and you just yeah. think, what a dickhead! Can't believe you just can't believe that you used to do it. some of the stuff you used to do. I mean, everyone does it when you when you're kids. You do stuff you regret. And right. you know, I made some great great friends. I still speak with people that I used to go street racing with now, and they're of exactly the same opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's become like the, the thing that I say with my, my friends is like, I'm that many years old, right? I'm that many years old that I think that this is like X is lame or X is irresponsible. Where I like no longer think it's cool. I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm that many years old. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. So did you ever think about going into driving as like racing and that sort of thing professionally? Or was it, was that, not a direction you had interest in no not really a direction i fancied going i remember my mum bought me um you know a track day uh-huh. <laughs> she bought me a track day i think i was about 20 uh and i was in a oh i was in an escort cosworth and um we were going around a track but <laughs> i'm literally foot to the floor i mean that should be on my tombstone right louise baker foot to the floor because I literally just want to go fast. So if you imagine, I'm in the Sierra Cosworth, uh, Escort Cosworth, and I literally go around in circles. I couldn't keep it in a straight line because I'm so heavy right-footed. Um, I just thought I just spent the entire time just laughing my head off because I just couldn't control it because I'm I just wanted to go in circles. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you were cut out for racing. <laughs> No, I would have just crashed it and I would have just laughed. <laughs> oh my goodness. What was it what was it like back then? I mean, I you came in kind of the same same time, same year frame that I did, but you're in the UK. What was it like for you getting into particularly that side of things in in at that age in that era in the UK getting into st- street racing aside, but like the modifications and working on cars and you built a name and people sound, it sounds like you really built a reputation that people trusted you and, and accepted you, but that didn't come overnight. I assume like, what was that scene like? So when I, um, when I worked to the performance store over in town, I was 19 at the time and I was trying to do, um, <laughs> I was trying to do a street club for the cars obviously and I was looking for I was I mean we were just cruising and I went in there to look for sponsorship uh so I went to approach the the MD look I'm the sort of person that is nobody's better than me so you know you could be you could be a million worth a million pounds on wearing a suit and I'd still approach you and talk to you like I grew up with you um, so I walked into Fletcher's to speak to the MD there and I was like listen I'm looking for sponsorship for my club and I'm chatting away anyway the manager there at the time scott and i messaged him a few weeks ago to say this to him because i thought it was it rang bells um i said listen i want some sponsorship and he's like well i want you to work here and i was like hmm okay this sounds good interesting so i ended up leaving well i don't know what job i was doing then i ended up leaving the job i was doing then and i ended up working there 
and uh when I started people were just I was like the only girl and I was on the shop floor so I was in and I was in the performance bit so I was with the wheels and the lowering springs and the dump valves and you know all the cool shit <laughs> and um and I remember, I'll never forget this guy came in and he walked up to me and he goes, excuse me, he says, uh, I want to speak to someone about some aloe wheels for my car. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you about your aloe wheels. He's like, no, I need to speak to someone that knows what they're talking about. You know, can I speak to one of the lads? Mm. Okay. I was 19, so I didn't really know what I was, you know. I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't know sure. how to react to the situation. Yeah. Uh, so I went over to Scott and I said, Scott, this guy wants to speak to you about aloe wheels. He wants to speak to the performance specialist. And he's like, oh, for goodness sake. So anyway, he walks over to me. He goes, can I help? And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to buy some aloe wheels. He goes, okay, let me just go and get our performance specialist for you. Louise. Mm. I like, yes, mate. I said, all right, can I help? <laughs> and he was like, oh. But then from that moment forth, that guy came into me every month and spent money with me on his car. And he only ever asked for me. I love it. But I just think Scott, Scott didn't have to do that. And, yeah. that, and I was quite new at the time. Um, and he, yeah, and he gave, he gave me that opportunity and he was very supportive. And in fairness, everyone, all the lads there were just absolutely wicked. We were like a little family and they, and I think it's not about me or women that want to get in there. It's the people that you have around you and it's, and especially the guys. I mean, yeah. if, they're, if they're supportive of you, everything else is just easy. It's a breeze. 100%. What an amazing story for like highlighting that and showing that in like such simple terms because it's it comes from the boss, right? Like it comes from management and if management just sets the stage that like this is normal, this is okay, we're accepting this, we're not making a deal out of this and we're going to have her back, then everybody else kind of falls into that, the customers do too. And cheers to him. For being that was really progressive back then. Yeah, very. I that thought was, that was really good. I mean, I've got to be honest. Back then, I found it much easier, um, and I didn't have a reputation then. And then, but more recently, I'd probably say a couple of years ago, I went to go and get my um, MOT license, mm -hmm. uh, so I could MOT on cars, and I got my certification, I got my qualification, I got everything, and all I needed to do get was be signed off by VOSA, um, and I had someone say to me um i'm sick of all these secretaries trying to be mot testers oh wow that's lovely and this was just recently ah yes hmm. interesting, interesting isn't it the fact that i've yeah. got all these years of experience i've got my own company now you know i've yeah. got all these different things under my belt yet i've got that comment and i've never had that anything like that when i was 19 interesting that's just, very interesting it's still around isn't it yeah no I, it is i mean i i'd like to think i'd like to think that the scales are shifting that like it used to be lots of men who weren't okay with it and a handful that were and i feel like it's shifting and now it's like the minority who are saying ridiculously ignorant comments like that um, but it is definitely still around and has not gone anywhere. There's still quite a few folks who are not supportive, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to say the least. But for me, I'm not interested in people like that. You know, yeah. I, I choose to completely ignore uh, any any comment and any any opinion they have is completely irrelevant to me. I don't I don't need yeah. I don't need those sort of people around me. I don't need to hear those comments. I don't I don't need yeah. that bullshit. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's just not yeah. what I'm here for. So the people that are supportive, they're the people that I want around me. They're the people that are going to encourage me and spur me on. That that's those are the comments that I want to hear. So yeah. I can give a shit if you're still around. Fuck off. <laughs> can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Absolutely, absolutely. You can. Too late. I said it. <laughs> it it could be said no clearer than that. It's wonderful. All right, I need you to go back though because I don't know what an MOC license is or what these other terminologies that you use because that's UK stuff. So I'm sure some of the audience does not know either. If you could explain that. Okay, so an MOT is a, a vehicle check, so it's a minimum standard safety ah. standard of your vehicle, and we do okay. have to have it every year. So every year you take it to an MOT station, they check it for a minimum safety standard, okay. and then they pass it. But you can't drive the car without that certificate. Okay. 
Gotcha. And you can't do the testing without the the certificate yeah. as well. So that gets me into like training and whatnot, like you and certification, you've said you've had apprentices. I know in the UK, it's kind of similar to some, some of the other countries that have kind of formalized apprenticeship programs, whereas the United States does not. Um, did you wind up going through an apprenticeship yourself or did you just, you just got yeah. in? <laughs> so I never, um, I never, I never had cars given to me as an option, you know, as yeah. much as it was a, it was a passion for me and everyone knew that my goodness, everyone knew that I was well into cars. Yeah. Um, it was never an option given to me. The only options ever given to me at school were like hair and beauty, childcare, yeah. cooking, mm -hmm. um, you know, th things like that, which, I mean, I think my work experience, I did a, a big cake factory <laughs> and all I like to do is eat cake. Never mind. Mate. <laughs> I like eating, uh, eating cake too. <laughs> yeah, I like cake. Uh, but yeah, it was it was never an option. So I'm self-taught, um, just because I grew up with cars, and then it was only well two just be, was it just before COVID? It's about two or three years ago. I got my all my certifications, and then okay. I had some certifications through some um, jobs I had where I did online. Uh, sorry, on the job apprentice. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got some level twos and threes through that okay. sort of thing but i'm self-taught man so you're able to get the certification even if you haven't gone through that that like formalized apprenticeship program when you're younger you can just kind of like test out of it that's correct yeah in canada in the uk are you allowed to work on cars if you don't have a certification like legally yes okay okay so that's not 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 dissimilar from the u.s we have ase which is i guess comp comparable to what you guys have and they're actually they are actually a uh, sponsor for this episode um <laughs> so so their automotive service excellence and their their whole thing is kind of it's voluntary so it's somewhat the equivalent um but so do you are you required to have experience in addition to the testing or is it just the testing how does that work do you mean uh, uh, like here you can just work yeah. on cars you can yeah, just doesn't like matter wake up one day and think oh you know what i'll be a mechanic for some reason right here they think that no i don't want to say stupid because i think that's the wrong terminology but they think me mechanics is stupid so it's like the bottom of the pile job right. you know oh you were rubbish at school be a mechanic yeah oh it's got that sort of label to it and i don't understand that because to be fair you've got to be really switched on you've got you're pretty much controlling something that can that can kill you to <laughs> 100 yeah no i am 100 with you i feel like it is the same in the united states it is it is 100 similar and i think it's like an outdated stereotype because back in the day cars were much simpler and it it may have been that right and the trades were often like the career that the kids who couldn't make it to college were kind of pushed into but it's an outdated yeah. concept and it's so not relevant anymore cars are so complicated and you're right like they're we have people's lives in our hands and yet like anybody can hang a shingle and call themselves a mechanic and it's there's nothing regulating that so that's that's interesting do you find so in in the united states there's a lot of like some people are all about ase certifications other people say it doesn't matter I'm a really big proponent of them because I feel like it validates my career and it validates my experience. Do you feel like it's similar in the UK with the certifications? Like, is it esteemed when you have the certification? Do people care whether you have certifications in the UK? I don't think anyone cares. Mm. I am part, I'm assuming the ASC is like a, is it an automotive uh, across the yeah. country sort of thing? So we yeah. have um, the IMI here. Okay. Uh, the Institute of the Motor Industry, so um, which I am a part of. Um, mm -hmm. um, why am I a part of the IMI? I don't think it actually makes any difference to me, um, but but on a personal level, level, I like to be part of the IMI. I think it just shows how far I've come. Um, mm. I think industry people understand it but joe blogs down the street like my neighbor um, she wouldn't have a clue what the imi is if i right. stuck imi next to my name she'd be like what you've done that for so you know to to the everyday man 
who gives a shit? No, no one even knows what it means. Interesting. Um, Interesting. And, I, and the fact you have to pay, I mean, you have to pay a subscription for ours, which is an annual thing. So, you, you know, you pay annually, but you get like little little quirks. So you get like discounted rate on mm-hmm. um, if you want to extend your courses or learn something different um, and you get a little card and stuff. But yeah. Do people within the industry look on it? Like, is it a perk? when you're like trying to hire somebody or if you were applying for a job and you have your own shop, so you don't need to do that. But like, if you were applying for a job, is it like status as a technician to have more certifications or does it totally not? You know, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I've I've never had to apply with, I've only become a member of the IMI now, like since I've been, you know, doing cars. Back Uh, again. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have it when I had, when I worked in the trade for somebody, I never needed it. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Fair enough. Um, all right. So, all right. So you are, we went down a rabbit hole. I apologize. I do that sometimes. I have my, my ADHD kicked in, but, um, so (laughs) you're working at this performance shop. Um, when did that transition into working at, from a, like you were doing sales, like selling parts, right. To being the person in the back in the shop doing doing the uh, mention okay so when i worked at uh, it was Fle- called fletcher's it's a big auto store so when i worked at fletcher's they uh went through a, a big hoo-ha and we, we all got made redundant so oh. i got um i got promoted staff with to do their online performance website which they called Monst- monster i think it was and it was it was really crap it was a shit idea it wasn't going to work they just didn't they had some little green monster i mean you're looking at like 19 plus year old lads and girls you know what i mean that is little toy green monster like a five-year-old would love it was a complete waste of time but anyway <laughs> um they, i went on to do that which was shit and then because that flopped i got made redundant and then i went to go and work for an alloy wheel company who sold replica wheels so like if you imagine like your range your big range rover wheels you like your 22s um they weren't genuine they were copies <laughs> uh, okay. so I'd go around and I'd sell these to different garages, but me and the manager didn't get, we didn't really see eye to eye because he was a knob. Um, and then, so no one would buy, no one would buy these wheels off me because they didn't like who I was working for. That was really mm. frustrating. So that lasted six months and then we just, we called it a day because I had enough. <laughs> and then what did I do then? And then I went to work for a furniture company over in, um, Oh man. Yeah, it's completely opposite. It was, you know, it was a family-run business. They had really good, you know, morals and values, and it was really nice. But I was just bored, so I left that. Then I worked for another supermarket. Oh my goodness! So my supermarket journey started. Um, <laughs> that was shit. I fell out with the manager there as well because she was a knob. Um, I have a real issue with working for people. If you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't notice. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like you have a real issue with working for knobs. <laughs> like, because you had no problem working for the awesome boss that you had at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but see, Fletcher's was different. It was just, we all had, we were all the same sort of age. We all had a massive passion for cars. I mean, that was the good thing about there. There was there was a passion for what you did. Whereas yeah. any, any other job I've been with, it's just a job. It's just a yeah. job. You know, you'd come in at nine, you'd finish at five, no matter what, the door was shut at five and you'd, you'd go home and that was it. That was the end of your day. Whereas Fletcher's, you would come in extra early. I would work a day for free. I'd stay yeah. over. You know, you loved what you did and that was yeah. the difference. And I do yeah. find with automotive that most people are passionate about what they do. And it's like, it's like a, I call it the automotive family just because I, I, you know, because we're on the same page, it's, it's it's really nice and it's it's quite heartwarming. You know, it's just nice. But anyway, I went to work for a supermarket. Yeah, that was shit. Walked out of that one, um, and then I was unemployed for a little bit. I was um, I was buying engines from a scrapyard and then stripping them down in my mum and dad's entry in the rain and the snow with a shitty little rusty toolbox that my dad had, had for a hundred years, and I was selling these parts on eBay to get myself a little bit of money. Okay. And then um, I moved that into doing cars and I was stripping cars as well and selling the parts on eBay, you know. Wow. Instead of stripping the cars, then I was fixing the cars and then I was flipping the cars. 
Um, okay. I did that for about two years. I did that with Mike's boyfriend, and we used to have a blast. I mean, some Amazing. of the stuff, it was just we. I've got some of the best memories doing that. And then, uh, then the parts dried up a little bit, and I knew that I wanted to get my own place, so I had to have normal income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> then there was an advertisement for a garage that was opening about half an hour away from my house, and they were asking for a greeter. Okay. So, Basically, what I had to do is stand in a little box with a computer, and as people drove up to the site, I would say, oh, hi, how are you? You booked in. Oh, is it an MOT? Is it not an MOT in the service? Yes, please. Oh, great. So I'd upsell them to a service. Oh, how about a valet as well? We've got a valet. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll have a valet. How about an aircon? Oh, yeah, okay, we'll have an aircon. Oh, what else should we have? Mm. So, you know, your £49 MOT had gone up to like three, 400 quid. So <laughs> I, I'd do that, sell them, get them in, and I was really good at it. And then in about three months, I got promoted to reception. And then from reception, I got promoted to supervisor. And then from supervisor, I got promoted to assistant manager. And then I was pretty much running the garage by the end of the year. Oh, my gosh. And then I was getting my hands dirty. I was chipping in and I was helping the lads. And that was great as well. You know, we just it was a great environment. Yeah. Again, we all loved it. And then they went into administration and we were all facing redundancies. Um, and then they got taken over and they ended up lying to me and yeah. I got really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it all ended in real bad stuff. Oof. And then we had to agree to disagree and terminate my employment. Um, and then I started working for Euro Car Parts, which is really good. And I really like that. But I was only there a month before I landed the job at Tesco. Um, <laughs> I started working at Tesco's, which I liked for about a year, and then it was quite possibly the worst job I've ever had in my entire life, where they literally work you to the bone. Mm. Like, I'm like sometimes 13, 14 hour days. Oh, wow. Like, and it was like, nights I was working as well. So, and then sometimes you'd work like 10 nights straight, and then they'd wow. still give you, they'd, they'd just pound you all the time they wanted more and more and more and it was never good enough and it, it was horrific and nice. i had my first panic attack there that's oh, where wow. my anxiety started from um yeah it was a horrible horrible time mm. and then i thought huh what can i do to get some time off i know i'll get pregnant <laughs> no <Nuh-uh. laughs> <No> joking <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm not sure I would put that past you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but it worked. (laughs) Yeah, but it worked. Intentional or otherwise. (laughs) So I felt pregnant, but I made sure that I was still a manager when I got pregnant. So um, I got full maternity pay. But when I went back, I knew I didn't want to go back as a manager because it was so stressful. Yeah. And I just I was no never gonna be able to maintain those sort of hours. Um so I stepped down and I was stacking shelves and I did that for about a year or two until I decided I wanted to do one manic. So then I would work Friday, Saturday, Sunday night time, so ten on the night till seven in the morning, and then I'd work for myself Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, daytime, as well as be a new mum. Mm. that's intense yeah so i'd pretty much work eight days wow yeah so sometimes i'll probably only get three four hours sleep yeah if you're lucky with a a young child my goodness yeah luckily for me my mom my dad and my sister are super supportive um so they'd help out with my daughter and stuff but i think even then they didn't really realize how much (laughs) work i was doing like even to the point of you know like I had my own place then as well. So, you, you know, you still got to cook, you still got to clean, you still, you still right. got shit to do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, all the regular adulting stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go to work, there's other stuff I need to do. Um, and then my mate's partner was a proper douchebag as well, so I, there was no support from him either. And I was solely responsible for all the bills and stuff. So, you know, taking that jump from being employed for all these many years to going to be self-employed, yeah, that like my anxiety was quite quite high then, um, but I, but you know since I've done it, I've I've never had it. I've not had another 
panic attack. My anxiety is an all-time low. Like Since you've been out on your own, you mean? Yeah. I'm like... I'm living my best life. It's, yeah. it's like the best thing that I could have ever done. And I should have done it many, many, many years ago. But I think having my daughter, that spurred me on a lot. It gave me more confidence and it gave me more, I don't know, like drive. Mm. Like I'm, I've always been quite driven um, and I've always gone for what I wanted. But I think... When, when you work, when you're solely responsible for something, it, it all comes back on me. It's quite easy to work for someone and say, "Oh yeah, I get the manager. Oh yeah, the wheels fell off. Get the right. manager." Right. You know what I mean? That's easy to yeah. say, but when it, when it's it, it's your it's your business. This is this is all me now. I am solely responsible for anything that goes wrong. Anything, whether it's to do with the car, whether it's to do with finances, yeah, anything. It's me. Yeah. And really, that should have added uh, extra pressure to me and extra stress. But I've embraced it, and you know, I've loved every minute of it. And I love—I just love—I love being in control. <laughs> I mean, this it is fits. why I'm single. This is why I'm single, people. <laughs> uh, I resonate with all of that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Nope, with you on that. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're totally right though. I mean, you had you had a daughter and that was driving you and gave you the motivation and gave you the like the wherewithal, it sounds like, to keep going when it got tough, to get to the other side to where you could reap the benefits and be in the place that you're in now, which is is like you said, living your best life and like in control and 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 able to kind of determine what things look like and how things are. Um, but it sounded like in the beginning when you were working 9 million hours a day and raising your daughter all at the same time, like it was rough then, but having her is what got you through the rough parts of it. If yeah. I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah, definitely. I think Avril always says to me, mommy, I don't want you to get to work tonight. I don't want you to get to work. And she'd want me. And I'd, I'd miss just falling asleep with her. And I always say to her now, like she's nine in November, but now I, every day I say to her, my favourite part of the day is just snuggling up with you and going to sleep. That's my favourite part. But I think it's because I missed it so much when she was younger because as she was falling asleep, I was going to work. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's my favourite part of the day, going to sleep. I love that. I love that. And enjoy it while you can, because they stop being snuggly after a certain age, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm that day. We're having a heat wave over here in the UK, and she's snuggling into me. I'm like, oh, get off me. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. I, I have so many questions. Like, we went through so much stuff. I, I'm curious, like, you're whether intentionally or not, you like set yourself up so well because you got the experience as a parts person, you got the experience as a salesperson, you got the experience doing management and the experience being hands-on. And it really like equipped you so well to be a business owner. Was that, was that conscious at all for you when you were younger or it just kind of worked out that way? It just worked out that way. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do when I was younger. I had absolutely no. I've had more jobs than you've had hot dinners. I've had loads of jobs. I've done all sorts of shit. Things that doesn't even correspond with cars or anything. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I even did like A-level art in school and I failed that. It was, it was flunked. I only, literally, I did my GCSEs and I got, what did I get? I think my high school was a B. Um, the rest of them were all C's. I think I got an E and an F in there at some point as well. <laughs> um, my mum says to me, but I want you to go to sixth form, which is like kind of college, but no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I just I just want to go and get some money. And she's like, no, 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 you need to go on and do your A-levels. So I just picked on a whim, like three A-levels. I dropped mm -hmm. the one A-level after about a year, and I just did two A-levels. But literally, my mum says to me, if you go to college, I will give you £5 a day. And I was like, hmm, five pound a day. And I mean, that was quite good back then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was doing nothing. Huh? Yeah. And I was working part time at a stationery store as well. And so she was like, yeah, five pounds a day. So what I used to do is I used to, <laughs> I used to get to six form. I used to clock in and then I used to get back out in my mini, 
go to the petrol station, put my five pound in, razz around all day, go back at three o'clock, sign out, and then go home. <laughs> How long did you get away with that before you got caught? The whole time. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> woman. No wonder you work for yourself. I know. I, I remember going to do my exam for media studies, and I remember sitting there, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing here. What am I doing?" Didn't have a clue, but I didn't care because I knew I had my little car sitting outside, and I knew after I was going out, and I didn't care. I get all my mates in there, and I just I've got the best memories. I've got the best memories. So even if I didn't get those A levels, like we used to just get in the car and say, "Oh, do you know what?" Let's go to Blackpool for the weekend and literally no responsibility. And we're like, yeah, and we just grab loads of people and then we just fuck off to Blackpool for the weekend. I mean, we used to sleep in the cars. I mean, we've drove back <laughs> with no window wipers. I've had I've turned corners and my wheels have fallen off, the ball joints fell out, you know, all sorts of I can tell you some wicked, wicked stories. And for me, that's the best. Like when Ava's a little bit older and she can appreciate it a bit more, like I will literally fill her head with stories of what I used to do when I was younger. And I, I just it. hope she has the same memories and the same experiences. And she laughs as much as I did because I have had the best time and it's all been with cars. I love it. I love it. So no regrets. <laughs> None at all. No way. No <laughs> I never regret anything I do. I don't even I don't even regret like like my ex partner. I don't regret I don't regret anything because you learn from any mistake that you do, and as long as you learn from it, it's not a mistake, is it? No, not at all. Now, if you make the same mistake over and over again, are you ridiculous? That's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a proper crack. <laughs> so, so. Your company now is just you. You're doing all of the things. Do you want to keep it that way or do you hope to grow it? What's your no, thought no. there? When I, when I first started out, I wanted to franchise Womanic because so, I had mm. so many people reach out to me, especially women saying, you know, how, how, how did you get into it? And mm. I even had some women say, oh, you know, years ago I was going to, I did a mechanics course, yeah. but, you know, it wasn't for me and, I, you know, I didn't progress it enough and now I've had a family and I don't know where to go and what to do. Um so originally I was going to franchise it, but you know, I'm so content. Um, I literally have, I'll, I'll start work at like nine, 10 o'clock. I'll finish yeah. at three. I'll get my daughter from school. We'll come home. We'll walk the dog. We'll have dinner. We'll get to bed. It's great. Um, I, I work, well, at the minute I'm absolutely up to my eyeballs in work. So it's jam packed. Um, <laughs> but before it went like completely chaos, I was only working four days a week because I thought I'd have a Wednesday off for myself just to get some shit done, do you know what I mean? Yeah. At the minute, I it's non-stop, like it's crazy, but, um, but for me, I don't, as I'm getting older, I'm hurting. <laughs> yeah. Like my knees hurt. My yeah, no, hurt. that's re it's a real thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what's going on with my little finger on my right hand, but something's going on there and it's really pissing me off. Um, <laughs> but as, I, as, I'm, yeah, as I'm getting older, it's just getting harder. So ideally... I'd want to go into teaching or at the minute I am pushing myself a little bit into a bit of media. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm the sort of person, I'll just ride the wave. If it's meant yeah. to happen, it will happen. I'll just keep working hard and pushing yeah. what I do and what I love. And as long as I'm happy, who gives a shit? Yeah. No, I love it. And I hear you. I, I thought about franchising my shop as well way back when it was like a similar story like i'd all these people reach out i wish there was a shop like yours near me and you know all of that and and i had the drive back then and, and i'm so glad i didn't do it yeah. because because i'm that many years old where i no longer need all of that now i'm like wow it would be really nice to just come home at a normal hour yeah yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, our I, bodies I, start I, to hurt yeah I, I, but i do think when you know you have it's great to have ambition and it's great mm -hmm. to have drive, but you also need to know when to shut off and to just yeah. enjoy what you've got. Um, I've worked really, really fucking hard to get where I am. And I've, for me, I've got everything that I want and everything that I worked hard for, I've got it. Yeah. Um, so now I don't, I don't need to want more. I love that. 
That's you should be incredibly proud of yourself. You've accomplished a ton. Um, you you came up in a time when they, the industry was not friendly to women, and you didn't even bat an eye. Um, I mean, you just made waves and made a place for yourself. Hi, puppy dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. For those listening and not watching, there is a giant back lab who just decided that he needed to to give Louise kisses all over her face. Um, gotta love it. Uh, so I I'm incredibly impressed with your career and what you've accomplished, and I hope I hope you are as well. I hope you know. I just, I, I, yeah, I love what I do. I love I love the opportunities. It's opened so many doors for me as well. Um, so many opportunities. I've done so much stuff that I never thought I would ever do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but this is not the end for me. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm loving my shit. I love it. And hopefully, Ava. I I think Ava, Ava sees how much, how hard I, I do work, and so hopefully, it gives her that drive to, you know, work hard. Whether she goes into cars or not, I don't think she will. She's a proper girly girl. I don't think she will go into cars, but even if she did, that'd be wicked. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I was a girly girl when I was younger, so you never know. You I've never, never been know. a girly girl. I'm definitely <laughs> not a girl. It didn't sound like it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That is okay. <laughs> Do you have, I know we've got some plans together that we're going to talk about in a hot second here, but do you have other big plans that are, that we should be looking out for? that uh louise will be taking um, the world by storm with <laughs> yes i do i'm not sure how many uh, i'm not allowed to say too much about oh, okay. what we've got going on um but yeah i i would watch this space yes <laughs> <laughs> yes if you are not already following louise you can find her on instagram as womanic louise right yep. uh on facebook too same handle yep yep yep, yep. And we'll have links in the bio and the the description on this so that you can go check her out and keep up with her and check out all the cool stuff that she's doing. Um, but I, looking at the time, we've been chatting for a long time already because this hour, these hours just go by way too fast. Way <laughs> too fast. I don't so, so I want to talk about um, what we've been plotting. So prior to this interview, Louise and I have been chatting and I'm really excited to share with you guys what she and I are plotting uh, doing and hopefully getting you guys all involved in. So tell um, tell the fine folks at home about our campaign for Blue Collar Barbie. Yes. So <laughs> on the back of the Barbie movie, which obviously we all love, it's empowering, it's inspiring, it's just fucking awesome um we are gonna do hashtag blue color barbie where we want blue color barbies pretty much um so bogey and i have contacted mattel on numerous occasions to ask them to do a blue color barbie um in particular a mechanic barbie obviously because that's what we um you know we promote Um, but we we know why can't we have electrician barbie why can't we have plumber barbie why can't we have welder Barbie? barbie You know, exactly. Why not? Um, why? Why? <laughs> so we thought we'd start this movement. So we pretty want everyone to get on top of this. Whereas I'm sure you've all got a Barbie somewhere. I'm sure you've got a Barbie in your house. I mean, my daughter's got 50 million other things, so I'm glad to share them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we decided, like, I've been doing it a little bit lately where I, I take it, to, I take Barbie to work with me. And she worked on the spanners. And she does a bit of diagnostics. Uh, she had a bit of oil in her hair the other day. You know, she's getting down and dirty. She's getting stuck in. She's a great apprentice. Um, she doesn't pre- talk back either. No, it's great. she doesn't talk back. She doesn't swear. Oh, she's marvellous. <laughs> so we are hereby putting out a request, not just to Mattel, obviously, because we want them to produce the lineup of blue color Barbies, but we are asking for all of your support. If you are listening to this, if you are watching this, help spread this, help share this. There's going to be a link to the petition in the description below. We're collecting signatures through change.org. So we're asking you to sign it and spread the word, but we are also asking you to 
take your Barbie to work with you if you have one or find one at a thrift store um, and pick one up and bring it with you to work and and pose her doing the cool stuff that you do day to day if you're a tradeswoman or if you're a tradesman, I don't care. Um, bring Barbie with you, set her up and and share pictures of her with hashtag blue collar Barbie because I love how much Barbie has over the years developed. Like when we were little kids, Barbie was prim and proper and, and pretty and cute. And that was it, right? And now Barbie's a scientist and Barbie's a doctor and Barbie's a CEO and Barbie is all of these things and scientists. And they've done a ton around like STEM Barbies. But for some reason, the trades always get left out of STEM, even though they are STEM careers. And it's time that that changes. It is. So. And the, the change, it, this change starts with the younger generation. It, it's not, I mean, it's not too late for us at our age. Of course, <laughs> nothing is too late. However, it, to get youngsters involved and to get them, you know, into trades, I mean, there's a massive, massive short of, of tradesmen, <laughs> tradeswomen as yes. well um so why not why not start this you know with, with barbie and it'll start right at the bottom then it'll start at preschool and that's exactly what we need to do we've got to get this drummed into the the youngsters heads it, it's yeah. pointless going in at school age you need to get them right in a primary school to know that a trade yeah. is an option if you want to be a builder yeah. you be a builder you want to yeah. go and get wet i hate plumbing but if you want to go and be a plumber be a plumber i mean yeah. i'm a plumber's daughter i can't stand <laughs> it it drives me insane <laughs> I'd love to. Be, I'd love to be a bricky. See, all these things were never an option. You know, you, you're not Ditto. strong. You're not strong enough. You're not sturdy enough. Yeah, uh, there are tools for that sort of shit now. You know, yes. you could be the this 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 the skinniest. You could be the biggest. You can be anything you want. You, there's tools for that sort of stuff to get you through. You know. Yeah, I see these itty bitty little girls doing diesel trucks with like massive equipment. It's like, yeah, you can. You can do whatever. They make tools. There are ways, you know, give me a lever long enough and I will move the world. I can do anything. And it's true. And, yeah. And we were never exposed to it as kids. And if we expose kids, both boys and girls, right? I think that's the thing is yeah. like both boys and girls need to be exposed to both men and women doing all sorts of different kinds of work. And, and that's how we get rid of the social stigma around automotive as being a lesser than career path. Um, that's how we get rid of the stigma that careers have genders. That's how we get over the way that women often get treated by men in the trades, because if little boys grow up seeing it as normal, then it, they'll see it as normal. Right? Like, it's, 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 it's so true. I just, I love it. I, I love, I love the idea. I love the concept. I love that we can, we can do it together. Um, yeah. I, I you know, and I just love that it should bring the world together. This is not like a UK or a US mm -mm. thing. This is no. happening all around the world. Oh. So if we can get everyone on this, it's just, that's the shit, man. That's wicked. Yes, absolutely. So from across the pond, we're putting this out to you and we need your help. So guys, help us spread the word. Hashtag Blue Collar Barbie. Um, we're all about it. And we hope you are all about it as well. But um Enough about that. We have more to talk about with, with you about you along these lines, like talking about the change we want to see in the future and how we think that we can get there. What, what changes have you seen over the 20 plus years that you've been in this industry and in this scene? What do you mean, like? Um, as far as women, as far as uh, acceptance of women, or have you not? No, I, I think I think women are more accepted into it than you might think. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that women see this industry as an option, and I Stop. think that's where the that's where the issue is. And as much as you can, I mean, a lot of people are doing. Um, you know, so many women in the trade by a certain amount of years, and then there's like there's a there's a club, a percentage club as well, like to see automotive in the trade. But mm. these are all, and as much as that is great, because it is sure. great, these are all corporate people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I and I think it's fab, yeah, and I, it probably is really hard to get into this sort of trade in a corporate way. However, it's twice as hard to do the manual side. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, uh, it's great that if you do marketing, that's great. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I support everything any anyone does. If they do it well, I support it. But to be a manual labourer, a blue-collar worker in a trade, that is twice as hard. Yeah. So we we just need to get more people in, and I just I don't see I don't see many women getting into it. I really don't. Have you worked with any any other women in the industry, or still no? In, other... in the industry, yeah, I, I work with um, I've got quite a few a few girls that I know that dotted all all around the country, um, okay. but that's not enough, you know. If you yeah. think you know, the UK is massive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can I got <clears throat> I, I know a, a few ladies. Right. But have you ever worked with any, like at any of your jobs? Were there any other women at any of your jobs you worked at? No. No. No, not in the trade. Um, the two out of the three apprentices I had, two of them were girls. Okay. Um, the one has gone on to do something completely different. Um, and the other one is a teacher, which nice. is really cool. Yeah. Um, but then, and then I have like, like Rachel uh, over in Ireland. She's like my little, my yeah. little sidekick. We do quite a lot together. Uh, she, she does body work okay. which and she's fucking awesome at it and she's just started her own shop as well so she's, she's nice banging them out so she's like, i don't think i know her but i must be introduced to her she must yeah. be a guest right <laughs> if you can understand what she says i mean her <laughs> irish accent is so strong i'm like what the fuck did you just say <laughs> um and then yeah there's, there's quite a few sophie but she, you know, she works over on tires like I, I know a few people from different places that's awesome. That's awesome. Hold on, my dog's chewing my skirting board. I'm going to... Oh, no. It. Stop. <laughs> Don't you dare. Oh, what? Well, I want to I want to be respectful of your time, and I don't want this to go go too much longer. I know you have a whole day ahead of you and a busy day at that and a dog that's chomping at the bit for your attention. So I don't want to keep you. Um, I do want to... My final question that I always ask, I, I, I feel like I need to say it a little differently because you kind of already said that you've got you've got no regrets you wouldn't change a thing about about your your life and your childhood but i i always ask this so take it how how you will bring it wherever you want is if you had the opportunity to talk to the younger you little little baby louise <laughs> what would or another little girl out there like her maybe it's to your daughter um what are your words of of advice of wisdom so I, say, I always say to Ava, do whatever you want to do, but you be happy when you do it. There's no point in doing something and being unhappy and moaning about it every day because, look, I've been doing this eight years now and it feels like I've been doing it a lifetime. Time changes so fast. So I guess believe in yourself, which always sounds like a cliche, but I do think that's the most important thing because if you don't believe in yourself, you will never go to do anything. And if you don't go to do anything that you want to do, you'll never be happy. And if you're never happy, you're just going to regret everything that you do. So I think 100% believe in yourself. Know that you can do it. You never make a mistake as long as you learn from it. And yeah, man, just boss it. <laughs> I love it. Cheers to that. Perfect, perfect note to end on. I adore you. You are fantastic. I love your energy. Um, I love your sass. And uh, I need to get out to the UK to visit you and all the all the rest of these amazing UK ladies that I've had the honor of meeting these last few months. So um, we're going to make that happen. But for now, I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm going to let the fine folks at home go. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed meeting Louise as much as I did. Um, make sure you go check her out. Follow her along and, and check out everything that she's up to and show her some support and some love. And of course, make sure you click on the link to our petition so that we can get a blue collar Barbie lineup out there because it's time, guys. It is time for this to happen. So. Um, with that, I'm going to once again thank our incredible uh, supporters for this episode, both CRC and ASE, for their support of women in the trades and everything that they do to make the automotive industry a better industry for those who work in it and those who utilize its services. So thank you to both of those great companies uh, and organizations for their support of this series. And big thank you to you guys for spending 
part of your evening with us. As always, every Wednesday, come back and join us for another episode of the With Her Two Hands podcast. Every Monday, you get an archive episode. And you can, of course, listen anytime you want, anywhere you get your podcast, or watch right here on YouTube or on Facebook. And with that, have a fantastic evening. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Be good we'll to one another. Later. Bye.